Hey everyone, this is Let's Get Practical with Daryl Girardier, and today we're talking about should your church use TikTok? Let's do this. Welcome to Let's Get Practical. This podcast is about church communications from a practical standpoint. It's about what works and what doesn't. It's about helping you cut through all the clutter and noise and getting straight to the point. And today we're talking about should your church use TikTok? Now, when I use a, state that question, should your church use TikTok? I don't want to state the question in such a way that you think I'm asking you like how your church should use TikTok or ways you can reach your community on TikTok. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who've already done those blog posts, videos on YouTube, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure all that content's already going out. And I'm, I'm, I bet you there's probably really good content. But I want to talk to you today about three different things that I believe you need to think through before you jump onto a new platform. Before a new platform starts, social network, whatever that is, some three things I think that are really important to kind of walk through before you jump in because if you don't think through these things, you possibly could do yourself harm in the long run. And sometimes it's really easy to get caught and swept up in whatever the latest thing is. Whatever the thing is that everybody else is doing, maybe you're in a like communications Facebook group or You've got friends who do the same work that you do, or you read blogs and you hear how all these people are on this new social network, this new platform, whatever that is, and you're thinking, am I missing out? So therefore you go ahead and you jump on and you get onto the, that platform because you think that's the thing to do. Now, I will say this. I think TikTok's a little bit different. We had a conversation, conversation about this the other day in my office about how is TikTok the next Snapchat or has TikTok actually got legs and will it actually compete with Instagram and Facebook? If I was a betting person, which I'm not, I would tell you I actually think TikTok's got more legs than Snapchat does. And it's got it's got potential to grow and be pretty darn big. So I think from that sense, it's a pretty interesting platform to look at down the road. So that being said, let's take a look at three things I think you need to focus on when you're about to jump onto a new social platform, web platform, whatever that is for your church. So these are three key things I think you ought to think about. First thing, you need to ask yourself, is this free? And if it's free, why is it free? Now, there's nothing wrong with free in a general sense. We all like free because all our budgets are like cash strapped. If you're at like most churches, you have zero budget. Your budget is probably your cell phone. Maybe you have Canva. Maybe you got Microsoft Publisher, depending on if you're a PC or a Mac place, or you've got some very bare bones gear, software, etc. So anything that's free, you'll take it and go. And that's totally understandable. I totally get why you would want free. However, when you think through free, you need to ask yourself, am I free because, or is this free for that matter? Because one, they're taking my data and they're turning around, and they're selling it to advertisers, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If you're aware of that and you're okay with that, that's not necessarily bad as long as you're aware of what's going on. Or is it it's free because you're the guinea pig? Like it's free because it just came out. They need some people to try this out. Eventually, it may charge down the road, but today it's free. They maybe they have a freemium model, which is basically it's free for everybody. And then if you want these additional features, you got to pay for them. But again, just so everybody's aware, that's totally okay. You can do that. You just need to be aware of what you're walking into. So when something says free, you need to kind of ask some questions. Why is this free? Because you just want to make sure you're setting yourself up for success, especially if somebody's operating on like the freemium model. The freemium model is, the, again, the idea that like X amount of people are doing this 
for free in terms of they're participating in it and then certain users are paying, therefore subsidizing all the free users. An example of a platform that's like that is Evernote. Evernote has a free tier and then it has uh, paid premium tiers. So the paid premium people are in a certain way kind of subsidizing all the free people. And there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with that. It's just you got to have a good scale of premium people to pay for all the free people. So again, that's just something you want to think about. Number two, second thing you need to think through is what's the target demographic for this network, especially if it's a social network or platform, and does it really line up with the demographic that we currently are serving in our church? Now, I want to be very careful. I know that we believe we should be all things to all people in, in, in terms of scripture and that we should reach everybody with the gospel. So I want to be abundantly clear that I understand that. And I know that everybody, that's everybody's heart and aim. But I also know that every church kind of bends one way or the other in terms of demographics. Um, some churches are a little wide in their demographic, but if you kind of get under the hood, you'll see there's almost like a bell curve of like, this is really the majority of people in our church are fit this kind of demographic, this age group. And that's not necessarily bad. This just means that you're probably your style of worship, the aesthetics of the building, how you do your day-to-day disciple making, that just kind of fits that demographic and that's okay. So if that's the case, you need to figure out, does that social network cater to that audience? So when I look at TikTok, for example, because that's the, the title of the episode, I would say it obviously is maybe Gen Alpha, Gen Z. So that's that younger audience and probably some millennials as well, but it's that's what it's catered to. So I'd, I'd ask the question, does your church really cater to that audience? Is your Do they have college ministry, young adult ministry, um, even high school ministry that's a pretty robust? And if so, that makes that network makes a lot of sense. If you skew older, that may not make sense for you because guess what? Your audience just won't be there. Now, that's not to say that a platform can't mature over time and more people eventually join that platform of older demographic. Facebook is a good example of that. Facebook started out, as most of us are aware, just really designed for college kids. And then it went to college, young adults, and then before you knew it, grandma and grandpa are on there. Why? Because I want to see photos of the grandkids. So eventually it did scale out to be a universal network. At the same time, I don't know a whole lot of young people, especially those who are in high school, college, who even have Facebook accounts. They kind of shun it. Why? Because it's now really seen for older people. So again, demographics can change on social networks. So you need to figure out if that's really where you're at. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to invest in it and then try to create content to kind of get that audience. But when that content doesn't really match up with who you are, who's actually at your church, it can be a bit of a it can be a bit of a dichotomy. So, I mean, a good example of that is was when we we went through a point where I think all of our Instagram content looked like we were Hillsong and Elevation. Well, if you've ever been to our church, we're not Hillsong, we're not Elevation. You know, we are very kind of middle of the road. I wouldn't say we're definitely at the main campus. We're very traditional. So that wouldn't make sense. So we had to kind of shift our content, be, be more realistic to who we are. We got some great people on our team who's kind of helped shape that voice and shape that look and feel to be uh, true to who we are so that somebody wouldn't look at some content online and then show up and be like, wait, what's on Instagram? Does it really match what's actually in the building? Now, the third thing I want you to think through is does it scale? In other words, if I go into this network, does this scale in terms of all the current work you have on your plate? Especially, this is especially true if you're a volunteer. If you're a volunteer, this is something you do on the side at night after work, or maybe maybe you're part-time, which a lot of us are, or you're a full-time minister who just happened to have social networking communications as part of the deal of the job. Like you're the student minister, and guess what? You also own communications for the church, 
or you're the you're the main secretary and guess what you also have keys to all the communication channels you're going to run them so the question you need to ask is when you see a new social network is can can this scale in the current workload that you've got and that's assuming you want to be the person who wants to handle this if that's the case you need to figure out can i make this fit into all my current work environment if it doesn't work if it doesn't fit in and you really feel the burden to be on that network, you need to figure out what can you drop to make that happen. Maybe it's, you know what, we're going to cut down on the amount of time we spend on the bulletin. Maybe we're not going to do, uh, you know, flyers in the hallway for these things. I'm going to cut back on some of my other communication channels to ramp up this social network, this new web platform, whatever that is that you're doing, but you want to scale that back. Now, another reason to scale in a different way to think about your scaling for that matter is maybe this is a point where you need to think we need to get interns. We need to get a somebody who's a marketing intern, maybe I get a marketing degree at a local college, needs some credits. Maybe you can figure out a work study type of deal where they come in for free as a free intern and they get credits with their professor for coming in and doing marketing work for you, social, you know, social networking, graphic design, whatever that is. But you, or you may just have somebody who's really passionate about it and is willing to volunteer and just wants to do it for fun. Whatever that is, you may figure out if you're really passionate about this network, you really can't take anything off of your plate. You may want to volunteer and find a find a volunteer who can come in and handle that for you. Now, I know not every church has just got volunteers, you know. Uh, coming coming from left and right. I know for a lot of us, we have to run volunteer campaigns to get people. So the the marketing intern thing probably may be a little bit better for you, if you're especially if you're in a town that's got a local college, a community college, where you can possibly pull someone in who can maybe do this for you and figure out a way to make it beneficial for them in terms of experience and college credit. And at the same time, you get the benefit of somebody managing some of those social networks for you. So that may be one way to think through uh, how that how that scales. And the reason why I want you to think through how it scales is, is there's nothing worse than starting on a social media platform, running hard at it, and then putting the brakes on it because it just didn't scale and you just didn't have the time to make it happen. And then all of a sudden you abandon it, but you leave the account up there. So people see the account, but they see nothing going on. And we've done that we, that's a confession here. We've done that. And there's nothing heartbreaking for me then to remember we had an account on this platform, this social network, and we just didn't take the time to invest in it. It just kind of sitting there dormant. And I, then I'd probably go shut it down is probably what I would go do. But you never want to have that happen. So if that's happening for you, you need to make sure that you scale this thing out. Because again, there's nothing, nothing, nothing like a worse user experience than having its user going on, searching for a church on a social media platform and just finding out the account is never updated. So you want to make sure you handle that ASAP. So there you go. So those are the three things. One, is it free? If so, it's free. Why? Does it hit the target demographic of who you're currently serving as a church and does it scale? So think through those three things before you jump onto a social, new social media or web platform. Thank you so much for listening to Let's Get Practical. If you like this episode, please give us a rating on iTunes. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We're everywhere. We'd really appreciate it. Until next week, you all take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.